0: pre-post film review i'm john asquith
1: and i'm matt stevenson so the way things work here at pre-post is that uh the first thing you're going to hear is john and myself chatting uh, about Mission Impossible Fallout before we've seen the film. Uh, We haven't watched the trailer for this one, but we're going to be talking about the other Mission Impossible films um, and what our sort of expectations and predictions are for this new film, Fallout. So the first part's Mm -hmm. going to be spoiler-free, so you can listen to that before you've seen the film if you like, but then it's going to jump forward in time, and the second half of the podcast is going to be John and myself reviewing uh, Mission Impossible Fallout, which will be chock full of spoilers right from the get-go. So don't listen to the second half until you've seen the film. Did you ever choose not to? The end you always feared is coming.
0: And the blood will be on your hands. The fallout of all your good intentions.
1: You had a terrible choice to make in Berlin.
0: One life over millions. And now the world is at risk. This is the CIA's mission. If he had held on to the plutonium, we wouldn't be
1: having this conversation. His team would be dead. Yes, they would. That's the job.
0: Okay, well, we're here to uh, chat about our sort of expectations for Mission Impossible Fallout, Matt and uh, a brief sort of retrospective mm. on the previous films as well um, that is if I am talking to you, Matt or, uh, are you <laughs> yeah, wearing well, you, a you mask? Sp-
1: Spoil the twist halfway through the pod I was going to pull my mask off and reveal that it was <laughs> someone else underneath
0: Yeah, it's it. the, the, the running sort of thing in all these movies is like um, I'm this person, or am I? Actually, yes, I am. Oh wait, no, I'm not. That's sort of like every, every movie has at least two of those scenes in it. Yeah, totally. Um, so we'll we'll uh, yeah try and try and get some of those going in the pod as well. Uh, but anyway, we 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 as you said in the intro, we're not watching the trailer for Mission Impossible Fallout um, because we're um a bit worried that it's going to spoil things because Mm. uh so many so uh, so much of what is thrilling about these uh this series is sort of the the money shots and and what uh tom cruise what crazy situation tom cruise uh, can throw himself into and um yeah so we're, we're a bit fearful of that but uh in preparation for seeing um Mission Impossible: Fallout. I know that you went back and rewatched all of the films up until now. I did. So I'm curious what uh, what your thoughts are upon uh, that little um, retrospective that you gave yourself.
1: Yeah, it was a fun little exercise um, I decided to do, uh, and I hadn't I hadn't seen most of the mission. I mean, I'd seen the recent ones whenever they were released, but the first mm. few. I couldn't tell you the last time I saw them um, probably Mission Impossible yep. 2 the last time I saw it was in cinemas when it came out
0: yeah um, that's the case for me
1: yeah. yeah so I didn't have very vivid memories even the J.J. Abrams one was pretty foggy in my memory um, it was more the, the more recent ones that I could uh, remember a bit more vividly um, so it was great going back and it was it's really interesting watching the progression of the series and how it changes from film to film because they are quite different especially at the beginning Um mm. Uh, so yeah it was it was really good I would say that after watching all of them I did have some clear favorites um, the first one in particular stood out just because it was that is probably the, the most different um, in that it's much slower paced and it's much more of a sort of spy noir film than any of the others um, mm. and it does some sort of weird uh I remember it having a, a um, reputation of being quite hard to follow and it does do some odd things in terms of like voiceovers telling you one thing but visually on screen you're seeing something else happen so it's quite confusing if you're not following the, the story you know, quite intently. Mm. Um, but I actually liked those devices because they, they were quite unique and um, interesting. But yeah, it's just a very different film, very, much more talky, but having said that, the 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 key action scene of or the the heist scene with them breaking into Langley or whatever they do, where you know the famous bit where he's hanging mm-hmm. from the wire, is yeah. so good. Like, is it was so much better than I remembered it. Like, I guess it's been parodied so often that you kind of just think it's a bit of a cheesy '90s action cliche. But it's mm. so white knuckle tense. Like, it's Shot with no music, so it's almost completely silent, and it's—I mean, it's—it's it's not the most impressive stunt, but it's like a good stunt, you know. The, and the way the way Tom Cruise sort of hangs an inch from the floor after. F- slip the rope slips and he gets caught just before he touches it and he he does this weird like flailing thing with his arms and his legs to like Mm. keep himself stable and you can just see he's like physically like exerting himself to be able to do that Um, Mm. it's really really tense and really impressive it was really great Um, yeah and then it is also notably the only film to use masks in like a realistic way like, when Tom Cruise has a mask on, he, like, has a mask on in the film. <laughs> so, you can kind of yes, tell yeah. um, mm. uh, for the most part, or oh, for at least one scene anyway. Uh, but, yeah, I really I really liked the first one. It was much better than I had anticipated. And I thought it was going to be good. Like, I had fond memories of it. I just didn't expect to like it as much as I did. Um, but the, the contrast between that and the second film couldn't be more stark. Like the <laughs> second film is by far the weakest um, like, it is kind of yeah. actively bad. Um, mm. I don't remember hating it at the time. I think I actually remember quite liking it when it came out, but whew, it has not aged well. Um, it's just, it reeks of 90s action movie cliche, like, not in a fun, good way. Yeah, in a, it, the, just,
0: it was very, um, very cool, even at the time. Uh-huh. It, was, it was sort of on, on trend with... Yeah. Like, musically, cinematography, yeah. like, all that stuff like, I remember. And I remember seeing it at the cinema and liking it, too, but I was, like, 14 or something, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it was, like, target demographic. Um,
1: totally. I haven't
0: seen it since, but I, I could imagine, yeah, it has aged terribly.
1: Yeah, like, uh, you know, Tom Cruise, like, throws his, like, Oakley sunglasses at the camera as they explode. Like, it's just... It's pretty rough. <laughs> it's pretty rough. Um, and it, it is the one that felt most like it was trying to be James Bond in a really bad way like there's almost like a okay. bond girl in Thandie Newton and it's it also like it's a little bit gross and sexist in in a way that bond mm-hmm. used to be that it's we've sort of moved past now um mm-hmm. i mean the one good thing about it i will say is the australian location like it is just so refreshing to mm-hmm. see sydney in a in a big Budget action film like that, yeah, um, which is quite cool. But other than that, it's it's pretty ropey. Um, even the action scenes, a lot of the internal stuff feels very setty. Like they, they sh- you could be obviously shot in sets, and mm-hmm. yeah, it's um, it was a pretty tough sit to be honest. Um, yeah, but then uh, uh, after, other than one, th- the third film, the Abrams one, was my other favorite, and that's almost swings hard back in the other direction. It's the first and uh, probably only one I would say that is more... that was actually sort of interested in character, and it's about mm. his relationship with his wife, like Ethan Hunt's relationship with his wife, and that's the sort of driving force behind the whole film. It's a much has much more heart to or has more heart than any of the other films. Um, mm. Like, it sort of has the domestic opening stuff where he's retired from the MI team, whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. Uh, IMF. Um, I- IMS, yeah, yep. IMF? Yeah, uh, IMF. And he's sort of living the domestic lifestyle with his wife and all that. I think he's a training or something. Anyway, so you get to see a side of Ethan that you don't see in the other films. They kind mm-hmm. of strip him of mm-hmm. the, that over-the-top coolness that he had in the second film and sort of try to bring him down to a more human level. Um, and also yeah. it's just... A great uh, example of how good Abrams is at directing action. Like, I weird. Uh, if anything, if the second one was trying to, well, remind me of a Bond film in a bad way. I, I mean, this is a compliment. In the third one, that, it reminded me of something more in, akin to Indiana Jones or something Spielbergian mm. in the way um, mm-hmm. Abrams directs the action, which perhaps is not a surprise given how like much his films hark back to that sort of cinema. Um, but yeah. th- he just has this great talent of escalating the stakes within the action scenes, um, where mm. they just sort of keep keep getting worse and worse and worse and worse for Ethan, as it sort of go snowballs until um, you know he mm. finds some way of getting out of it. Uh, so I really enjoyed all that, and it's um, mm. uniquely shot too. It has a very s- surprising color palette, like strong. Uh, the lighting has a lot of like really uh, vibrant colors in it, which the other mm-hmm. first yeah, two I films didn't have. That. Mm. Um, I mean, almost to the point of being distracting, but I kind of liked it that it was making a bold, mm-hmm. different choice. Um, mm-hmm. Also, lots of lens flares. That so was still when Abrams was in his lens flare, lens flare <laughs> love affair days. Um, yeah,
0: I think it's interesting re- too. Uh, sorry to to interrupt you there, but. Um, just the idea of you know this isn't an original thought, but the idea of JJ Abrams is like the reboot master, and that, yeah. you know the franchise really. No one was sure, for, you know, from memory, whether it was going to come back, and it was a long stretch between two and three, um, because two t- kind of damaged the brand a bit, I guess, mm. and um, you know it took JJ Abrams to sort of come in and like reboot things and like get it off to a fresh start.
1: That's funny. Uh, yeah, I didn't he think did of that. With
0: Star Trek and Star Wars as well.
1: Yeah, that's a very good point. I never thought of it like that. But it very much is sort of like a soft reboot, especially of Ethan's character and mm. I guess the series in general. Yeah, and I get, and that, other than Ving Rhymes, who's in all of them, that it, it introduces us to Simon Pegg's character, who's now mm. sub, subsequently been in all the films. So it is a bit of a yes. soft reboot in the sense of the, the, the team, the IMF team. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they were the two standouts. The first and the third, I think, were hands down for me, the best of the, f- the five. Um, mm. And then there was, the Brad Bird one is good, uh, Ghost Protocol, um, but perhaps uh, not quite as good as I'd remembered it. Or maybe it was just in comparison The J.J. Abrams one was so much better than I'd remembered it, that Ghost Protocol suffered. Mm. Though having said that, I think Ghost Protocol has the best sequence out of all five, that the Bridge Khalifa building sequence is just oh, yeah. stunning yeah. like both mm-hmm. visually and just in terms of the, the suspense the suspense filmmaking like the way yes. things go wrong talking about escalating tensions like first the, the, the glove failing and then when he finally does the jump out and you think he's figured it out with the, the fire hose or whatever he uses as the um, rope to rappel down then he realises that it's too short and he can't quite get to the window and he has to do a running jump and let go, and then even then he misjudges the 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 height and like half hits the top of the window and, and almost falls out. Like it's mm. that you just get the sweats just <laughs> thinking about Absolutely. that scene. It's it's yeah. breathtaking. Yeah, it's incredible, incredible. Yeah, so that that for me was a good reminder of like the the peaks that this film has gone to in terms. And it sort of, to be fair, that film has set. The bar, or set the standard for what the films now are. I think. Um, yeah, I agree with the that. Tone yeah. The tone and the 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 big stunt moments, mm. uh, which is seems to be what Mission Impossible is now known for, were kind of the template yep. for that. Was the Bradbird Bird um, Ghost Protocol entry. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, other than that, I thought it was actually kind of forgettable and a, a really boring villain. Like, I'd, even having just watched them, I couldn't really tell you much about him at all. Um, it's mm. all pretty forgettable. Um, and, yeah, it's the, that climactic action scene in the in the car park with all the cars moving, while it's got some interesting ideas in it, it is a little... It's such, after coming off the, the skyscraper scene, it's just nothing can live up to that. It's mm. all a bit
0: Mm-mm. sort
1: of downhill from there. Um, and then the latest entry rogue nation um, I really liked as well, but I think again it was I remembered it a little bit uh, more fondly than I experienced re-watching it. And that, having said that, I still really liked it. Um, hmm. it has uh, some like amazing set pieces but none that match ghost protocols. Stunts. I love that um, Rogue Nation opens with perhaps the best stunt of the film. Um, mm-hmm. Like that is, that's a really great, thrilling cold open, and it's a good uh, example of what a difference practically doing stunts makes. I think Absolutely. I sort of briefly spoke about this off pod, but there's little, a little moment in that stunt where Tom Cruise is just hanging off the side of the plane, and the plane banks. And the sunlight comes around and just like crosses. I don't know if it hits Tom or if it just goes across the side of the plane or whatever. It's not even a moment. It's not meant to be a thing. It's just like what happens mm-hmm. when the plane turns. Yeah. But just there yeah. is something visually different about sunlight, and knowing that he's actually yeah. it just makes all the difference that, that you can tell Your he's brain actually one hundred percent. There's something a little little yeah. like that makes such a huge difference. Um, so that's a really that's a really cool open, and the the introduction to. Um, Rebecca Ferguson's character, who I'm blanking mm. on her name, is great. Like she's a h- enormous plus for that film. I think she's almost comes out of yes. that as like the MVP of the film. She's amazing, uh-huh. and she yeah, her look is such a like harks back to old classic Hollywood movie stars or something. There's something about her that is just electric. Mm. I don't know. I love watching her mm. on screen, and that opera scene uh-huh. um, is pretty stunning i think Mm. um the other big set piece which is the underwater heist that they kind of do to steal the the, whatever it was the memory stuff whatever hard drive or something i can't remember um i think yeah i think suffers due for two reasons one it I mean, knowing what happened behind the scenes, that Tom Cruise, like, literally learnt to hold his breath for, like, fucking six minutes or something ridiculous, which is mind-blowing. But I think the film fails to take advantage of that. And I think, like, one, it it feels a little CGI under that water. Like, I think the arm Mm. that's swinging around um, makes it feel a little fake. And the fact that they, they intercut the scene with some other stuff ruins the if they'd done it all as a one take sequence which I think I've listened to interviews with Christopher McQuarrie the director and they said they tried that and it didn't work like I think they shot it like that but it didn't work in terms of pacing for the film so uh, you know maybe it's just inevitable that they had to do it this way but it's a bit of a shame because it if you didn't know that he was actually holding his breath for that long it seems like it's a very easy thing to fake you know then Mm. you would assume he didn't do it um, yeah, yeah, which is a shame because I feel like that that's kind of like the big moment of that film, and it doesn't quite have the impact that it could have. Um, mm. But yeah, other than that, I think it's really, really solid. I mean, this, this series is just unbelievable how good the qual- the bar is in terms of quality for each yeah, one. Like, yeah. who would have thought, right? Like, it has no no reason to be this. It's like a, a remake of a sixties TV show that. Mm. I don't know. It's just mind-blowing that they've managed to, to keep the quality, so with the exception of the second film or whatever, I suppose. Um,
0: yeah, See so yeah, I guess,
1: having said all that, expectations for the new film are pretty <laughs> high. I mean, it's interesting that they've got Christopher McQuarrie coming back because this is, a, you know, one mm-hmm. of the hallmarks for the series is it's always been sort of Tom Cruise picking a new director. I mean, it's, it's kind of... Uh, his baby, this series. It's his like legacy, so yes. I feel like he has quite a lot of creative input, and he chooses the directors mm-hmm. he wants to be on each project, so mm-hmm. it's interesting that we've got the first one that returning, and it seems to be the fir- I mean, Rogue Nation hints a little bit towards uh, the previous storyline. Oh, is it Rogue Nation? Or maybe it's... I get them confused now. Ghost Protocol, actually, I think, hints slightly towards... There being continuity between them in the sense that you see Michelle Monaghan's character very briefly at the end, with Ethan's kind mm. of like keeping an eye over her because it's implied throughout the whole film that she was killed, but in fact it was just a cover so she would could safely escape the, yes, the that's life right. of being a spy. Yeah. So it was kind of dropped at the end of the, after because after the third one they like happily married and run off into the sunset, and then the fourth film they kind of just completely retcon that whole thing. Um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, there, it feels like this new film. Fallout having not watched the trailer, but from what I understand, it has the same villain and there's some like s- direct story continuity and repercussions from mm. the the f- the final scenes of um, Rogue Nation. So I'm, I'm very mm. curious as to what they're going to do there now, uh, what they're going to do now with that. Um, but that's probably enough from me. I'm curious what you thought because you. Uh, not rewatched but watched Rogue Nation for the first time, John. So I'm interested yes. to hear what you thought of that and what your expectations to, for Fallout are.
0: Yeah, um, well, thanks for that uh, recap, by the way, Matt. That was really good and actually jogged my memory a bit on the um, the earlier films uh, because much, yeah, like like you said before, you had rewatched them. I, I haven't seen um, most of them since their cinema release. I've seen bits of Ghost Protocol again. Um uh so that's fairly fresh in my mind but yeah certainly the others i had forgotten quite a bit so it was nice to uh to have that little uh, recap there Um and yeah I I um I sort of almost thought I had seen Rogue Nation over since its release weirdly um but I th- I think I was thinking of parts of Ghost Protocol mm. Um, anyway, with Fallout coming up, I realized, oh, actually, I, I haven't seen that. I missed it at the theater um, and never, never got a chance to, um, to watch it at home. So yeah, I, I got to finally see that recently um, and really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was um, just a you know, fantastic bit of action filmmaking. And um, you're so right about that shot on the plane, which is within the first you know, 10 minutes or so, I guess, of the movie. Um, once that happened, I was like, "Okay, this is this is going to be really good because yeah. that is amazing already." You're like, that, "That's <laughs> you know, that's worth the few bucks that I gave to Google to um to, to rent it." Like totally, um, it's so impressive. And I, I think you know one of the most impressive shots, that, certainly in that film as as you mentioned, but just in the series in general. Mm. Like, it's so visceral and you know, it's not even like he's already in the air and gets blown out and then holds on. It's like from the ground up. You see the the whole takeoff.
1: Yeah. Force.
0: Yeah. Like I just can't imagine what that would feel. Like obviously, you know, he's strapped in and they, they would remove the, the wires and straps and stuff, but he's still there. Like that is Tom Cruise doing that. Yeah. And like the force he must feel on his, on his face and body and how, and that, you know, as we all know, just being in a plane when it takes off, you kind of get a weird feeling in your stomach and it's, you know, it's a bit unsettling. It feels weird to be leaving the ground. Um, so, I mean, yeah, that's, that shot is just yeah, yeah, incredible. But then the, and, you know, the, the rest of the movie doesn't quite live up to that moment, but there are so many other great mm. action uh, set pieces throughout it. Um, I completely agree about the um, Rebecca Ferguson character. Uh, And her performance in general is really good, uh, you know, female version of Ethan Hunt, I guess. They're sort of this yin and yang that keep crossing paths and are able to do, you know, amazing things Um, that, you know, they're both superheroes. I mean, that's really what the the franchise is turning into is like Ethan Hunt in particular is just like this Superman that can fucking do anything, (laughs) (laughs) which I love. I think it's, you know they can pull it off well so you know it's great Um, so that that was great that was um really great to see that recently and um, it's it's really yeah pumped me up for um uh, fallout Um, I I, I would just echo what uh, you've said mostly in terms of expectations I think you know we've got the same same director coming back and um, you know same same cast again it seems uh, same characters so I'm expecting more of the same and that, that's a good thing. I, I'm, mm. I'm not sure how they're gonna top you know some of the stuff that has come before in the series um, in terms of tension and, and stunts you know as you as you mentioned before it sort of has become about what crazy thing can Tom Cruise do <laughs> yeah. but uh, I, ha- <laughs> I have faith that they'll they'll be able to do something uh, I'm, you know I'm pretty pretty excited to, to see this one.
1: Totally, I feel like worst case scenario, right? At least you get to see some crazy stunts, and that that's kind of worth worth the price of admission alone, even if the film itself might be a bit ropey.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not you're not watching these films for. I mean, the plot is intricate in the sense that most of the movie, you're like, I don't really know what's going on right now. (laughs) Who's who they're chasing, or what what secret group is this? Um, but I'm loving the visuals and the the character sort of interplay in the team like it is um, it's fun and uh, The scores are always you know um, cool and whenever that theme you know kicks in and Tom Cruise is like running and jumping and stuff like I mean it, it, it is Great action filmmaking and as long as the plot holds together well enough to keep them moving from place to place around the world You know, I'm, I'm okay with that
1: Yeah, agreed well, let's uh, jump forward and see what we thought about need Fallout, John. Please don't
0: make me go today. To
1: How many times has Hunt's government betrayed him, disavowed him, cast him aside? How long before a man like that has had enough? Ethan, that's not who we are.
0: Maybe we need to reconsider
1: that. Alright John, so we've both now seen Mission Impossible Fallout, the sixth entry in the Mission Impossible franchise. Mm. We're both pretty excited, we've both done a little bit of homework and watched some of the earlier films before seeing this one, so I'm super curious did you like Mission Impossible, Mission Impossible Fallout and I guess given that you just watched Rogue Nation did it mm. live up to your expectations was it better than or worse than Rogue Nation tell us
0: okay I think um uh, Mission Impossible Fallout is uh fantastic it's really good it's really fun action film I think um it's uh, I have in my notes here uh my notes here. Um, cheesy art, expertly crafted, and that that kind of sums up this movie. I feel like in in many ways this is, is the cheesiest. I mean, having said that, let's let's ignore uh, <laughs> the second film. I haven't rewatched that. Right. Um, uh, so I guess yeah, ignoring the second film. Um, there, there, there's some moments in here that are. I mean, they're all pretty cheesy, but, um, you know, there, there were some moments in here that, that stretched it a little bit, um, you know, even for this franchise. Um, but, you know, as my note says, cheesy art, expertly crafted, because it is, again, like pretty much they've knocked it out of the park. And that that is just... Unbelievable, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know. It, I, I feel like they could make another. Like I, I wouldn't be worried if they, and I kind of want them to go on and make a seven. Why not? I, you, you're still doing so well. Um, I had a great time watching this. Like I, I was, there were there were moments, particularly towards the end, where I was laughing watching it out of just sort of the joy of, of pure joy, over the top <laughs> yeah. and crazy. It was getting, um, and I was by myself too. I was not like I was there with friends or anything. <laughs> I was just like laughing like a crazy man in the, in the theater by myself. Um, yeah, I think uh, you know it's interesting that you bring up you know uh, the comparison to Rogue Nation because I had I had watched that so recently. I think this doesn't quite reach the heights of that film, um, and I, I I felt like this this opens with sort of like a fake out scenario which the mission impossible films are very good at doing but they're not as viscerally exciting um in terms of just as an opening and so I found that it took a little while to get the the sort of ball rolling on this one as as opposed to something like rogue nation which has that great you know playing sequence at the at the start right um but one, once it gets going um i was yeah totally totally on board i think um you know tom cruise you know proves again that he's insane in the best way um and we get lots of him falling and being up really high and running across the rooftops of london and um yeah i I just uh i had a big goofy goofy grin on uh, my face from start to finish so uh i do have some more specifics here that we can get into but um before we do that, I'll throw it over to you, Matt. I have a feeling that that you're probably on the same page, but um, I'd like to hear your thoughts and, and perhaps where where this would fit for you in, um, in the series.
1: Okay. Um, I'm glad to hear you liked it, John because I love this film. (laughs) I think it's hands down the best (laughs) Mission Impossible film. I would go so far as to say, I think this is the best piece of action cinema, this side of The Dark Knight and Mad Max Fury Road. Mm. I think I had such a good time. I've seen it twice now and I would, Mm. I'm keen to see it a third time in cinemas before it. I want to see it in IMAX before it leaves. Cinema screens. Yeah, that
0: would be amazing.
1: Um, yeah. I think it took for me. It took the two. My two like the favorite previous Mission Impossible films, one and three, and sort of built on both those. It has. It's. It has all the crazy stunts that you. It's okay. I, just backtrack a little bit. I think this is probably an exa- good example of a film kind of being. More than the sum of its parts in a way because I do, individually like I don't think it has the best stunt like the the, the Dubai mm. Tower is still the best stunt in the series yeah um yeah. but I think it it comes up with a concoction of, of enough things that makes it better than the rest I think it it has the twisty turny crazy noir storyline of the first Mission Impossible but in a more action focused film. Um, mm. it has, like, it still has insane stunts. Like the, sc- the skydiving scene is amazing, though I guess we can talk about that a bit specifically later on. I think that the CGI that they use hampers it a little bit. But that, the final stuff yeah. with the uh, the helicopter is mind-blowing. Mm. I mean, all, even just Tom running through London is incredible. Um, but then it also, on top of all that, it takes, I think, the character stuff of the third film makes it matter and then actually builds a film around an idea and a character's journey that none of the other Mission Impossible films do. Like, it's about mm. Ethan and about what his beliefs are and what the consequences of his actions are that none of none of the other films would be bothered with any sort of character stuff like that. And this is all about character. Like, it, it's just something that I didn't expect that Mission Impossible films would be about. And then that's kind of what reminded me a lot of the Dark Knight. I mean, tonally, I think it's got a lot uh, of Nolan in it. Um, it feels yeah, it Dark Knighty. It's very—it's the darkest of the Mission Impossible films. But mm-hmm. also, having said that, it has bursts of humour that a Nolan film doesn't have. Like, it's still got Simon Pegg. Like, there's moments of like laugh-out-loud uh, funniness and. Um, You mentioned the beginning of it not opening with a big stunt, which I agree. But I would, I liked the slow burn open of it, Mm. and it totally had me hook, line, and sinker. Like I thought that the the bombs had gone off,
0: and I I was just like
1: holy shit, like, this is... They've called it Fallout because it's literally about the fallout of these attacks happening. And then when... The, like, mm. and it's a long... Like, it's probably a good, like, 15 minutes or so. And then from the beginning of the film, this cold open, then the, the walls fall down and it's all the ruse and then it's, like... Then the, the mm. soundtrack kicks in and there's title I, like, I could get goosebumps just thinking about it. Like, it's such a great <laughs> moment. Um, but then from what made me compare it to Mad Max Fury Road is that one, the practical stunts like Mad Max Fury Road is all practical this is all practical Mm -hmm. but also just the sense of momentum like from that moment and you realise it's only been two hours since the failed plutonium drop it's like the film just puts its foot on the accelerator and it's like it almost feels real time. Like it just goes... They get in the plane, they jump to, down into the nightclub and they chase... Like, car like, get in the boat. get Like, it's just... There's not even a, a pause for a breath. Like, you're just following literally every single thing that they do in a sequence until they jump to Kashmir and there's like a, a, a slight time jump of however they got to Kashmir. But from then, the, the pace of it is... Like, unlike any other action film other than Mad Max Fury Road, which is relentlessly charging forward. Um, Mm. Anyway, so clearly I'm like over the moon about this film, John. I love it. I love it. (laughs) I want to see it again. I just have so much fun with it. Um, Like you said, it is. It's like cheese, but made expertly. Because it's like you know. Oh yeah. uh, Oh, actually, and on top of all that, shot on film looks gorgeous mm. like yeah that, the opening shot of just Tom Cruise on the that little bunk bed and it's got like the lens flare of the red like heating element that just like mm. f- goes across the centre of the screen there's all these little like lens flare 35mm moments I think it's the, by far the best looking of the series um, and it's a mm. big jump up yeah, visually from the the previous film um, mm. yeah loved it absolutely loved it mm.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's I, w- I wouldn't have expected to, you to say that it's uh, the best in the series, Matt. But um, that's uh, very heartwarming to hear, and I'm glad you had such a good time. <laughs> as as did I. You know, it's like it's kind of hard to pick a favorite amongst the top tier of these movies because they're, well, they're, yeah. they all, all have so such good. interesting, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, such interesting things going on. Um, yeah, I'm curious uh, what you thought of. Um, you, you sort of touched on the the skydiving scene, yes. I've got that in my in my notes here too, and and how that that almost felt like it could it had the potential to be one of these sort of jaw dropping moments um, or stunts in, in the series. But it, but I totally agree that it it's uh, hampered a bit by the CGI and. I felt that you know the initial shot where you you fall out of the plane with Tom Cruise was incredible, yeah. um, but then sort of as soon as you you pan down and he's trying to catch um, Henry Cavill, there's there's like CG clouds and that they're stitching yeah. shots together and it's sort of quite obvious um, and ends up ultimately I think feeling more kind of like a video game cutscene, um, and so I, what what what's the start of that sequence was. Very impressive to me. I, by the end, I was I was sort of left feeling like I'm not sure if they handled it in the best way. I'm not sure how else they could have done it, given that they did literally drop you know however many times, three or four times, and then stitch it together. But um, yeah, I'm curious whether you know what your what um, your thoughts are on that.
1: Yeah, so I I mean I agree to an extent. I I think my memory of it was far worse than what the reality of it is so when I rewatched it, I was actually very pleasantly surprised that it looked a lot better than what I remembered it looking Mm. um but yeah I I agree it's a shame that they CGI'd it because it it is all real and it's three apparently three shots stitched together um Yep. Tom Cruise did the jump apparently 106 times so they could get all three shots <laughs> 106 th- times so they did it like a couple of times each day because they had to do it at dusk so it was at a specific yes. time so they could only do a yeah, couple of jumps of each day because the sun's right on the horizon mm. line um, over like however many months they were filming yeah. it until they got all the footage they needed um so I agree. It's a shame that the clouds look make it look a bit CGI. But um, mm. having said that, I feel like you can still tell, and especially on the rewatch, the way that the bodies like they move in space, like you couldn't do that in a wind tunnel, I like the way they f- they float yeah. around and the the amount of mobility is pretty mind blowing. Um, mm. And I also just like uh, it's a good a good example, which I th- of what I think this film does through. Most of, if not all, its action scenes is it uses the action to also like build and develop character a little bit. Like it's also about the tension mm. between him and Henry yeah, Cavill, and true. there's like yeah. a little narrative within that action scene. Mm. It's not just action Good for the point. sake of action. Um, mm. So I think that's really, really well done, even if perhaps the execu- execution um, is not perfect. I feel it suffers a little bit from like what I said about. Uh, rogue nation in that the cgi hampers what was an incredible stunt um yeah yeah, it's just a bit of a shame i think that was shot out Mm. over the desert or something in dubai or something crazy as well so i guess they needed a cityscape underneath in order for it to make sense for the narrative or whatever so that's yeah i guess why they chose to do it that way because i think it was probably also safety or whatever i don't know yeah why they shot it out over the desert um yeah
0: I must say, too, like, in the moment at the start of that sequence when um, Henry Cavill, like, pulls out Tom Cruise's, like, oxygen yeah. pose or whatever, I found that to be, like, pretty extreme. You know, it, I, I know ultimately his character's, you know, quite dodgy and, uh, you know, the villain. But but in that moment, he's not revealing himself.
1: Right. Yes. Yeah, and they're kind true. of,
0: like, they're, they're, they're trying to, like, you know, um, test each other out and, like, one up each other and stuff. But in, in the moment of watching it, I was like, "Oh, well, settle down! I'm like, <laughs> yeah. He could die. He could just fall out." Um, totally. Yeah, that, that's that. That pushed it a bit. But but I I, I really like that point that you bring up that then, then there is this mini narrative where okay, he's been like a prick to Ethan. Yeah. Um, but then during the fall, Ethan sees that he's unconscious and has to save him, and then like they land and he doesn't get any thanks or anything like that. You know, like totally. And still like, oh. and it's. A-
1: it's like it builds or it it's an exact it, it um, uh, actualizes Ethan's character motivation in the sense that he's obsessed with this notion of not letting anyone die you know what I mean and what yes and I guess the essentially movie, exactly yeah. and the the uh, I guess in the end, the repercussions of that. Like if he'd let Henry Cavill die in there, like that would have yeah. been like Lark dead or whatever, and that would essentially have like mm. stopped everything th- from happening mm. later on. Not that he knew at the time yeah. that he was this mm. international terrorist or whatever.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, that's a good point. I think um, you know, talking about uh, the the two of them together are really a really good pair. Um, Cruz and Cavill. And yep. uh, soon after, you get you get this great action sequence in the toilets, which almost feels like something It's almost the mind. best
1: scene of the film. It's so good. It's really, really good. Yeah,
0: and if, yeah, it does feel like something uh, out of like the Matrix almost, or something. Where the, the the toilet is like it's so white. It's almost like this void, this toilet void that they're in. You know, <laughs> yeah. um, it just visually it looks so cool. And then and then to see like sort of an extended. Uh, fist fight, like with like elements of like kind of martial arts and stuff thrown in there. Um, you know, we, there is a lot of like punching and kicking and stuff like that in the franchise in general. But I felt like this had a, had a, mo- a little more of a sort of um, martial arts twist to it, which was was um, exciting. Um, and and yeah, just seeing uh, Tom Cruise and Henry Cavill, and the, the physical difference between the yeah. two of them. Like Henry Cavill in this movie is like the Hulk or something. And <laughs> yeah. they do such a good job with the sound design and like the just the way it's edited. Whenever he punch or kicks someone, you feel like this all of this force um, coming with him. Whereas Ethan, Ethan's more a little more scrappy and a little more. Um, you know, uh, I guess he's quicker and more nimble, and and, and that sort of thing, um, but doesn't have that brute strength. And I thought that was really cool to see the the contrast between them.
1: Totally, that's another good example of the the action being used to d- develop or at least ex- you know uh, explore the characters and their differences a bit mm. instead of just being a, mm. a normal fist fight. But ha- just on the physical nature of that fight itself, and it's probably like you said to do with the sound design and everything. But I honestly can't think of another action scene, like fist fight like that, that feels so, uh, like, visceral. And like, it feels like they are actually trying to hurt one another. You know, sometimes when you yeah. watch a fight scene that you can sort of tell it's... It's like those... You, they've got those... Um, Gifts of the in like uh, episode one Star Wars, and if you like actually see where the lightsabers were going to go, it misses them completely. Like it's all just like a dance to make it look like an action scene. Mm. It's like they're swinging at their head, yes. but not really. Whereas this feels yeah. like they're genuinely trying to hurt each other. And mm-hmm. some of the things I don't know mm-hmm. how they didn't like when they threw, throw each other through the mirrors and things and, like, all like, I mm. even just went right at the beginning when Henry Cavill just fucking smashes the guy in the head with the laptop. Like, how yeah. how did they even yeah. do that, like, without breaking his head? Like, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. even if that was, like, a soft prop, which it, I guess it had to be. Like, he still... It looks like he's <laughs> putting all of his effort yeah. into it. Yeah, I agree. Like Totally. I I... I, I that that like that scene, and also like all the bathroom stuff in particular. In particular, there's so many moments where you're like, like squirming in your seat a little bit, like, Ooh, oh, yeah. God, hurt. you know, like it's it, you're so <laughs> yeah. right. It does feel so physical.
1: It's great, and um, it's so amazing for that reason. It's definitely, and it's also a good another thing I really liked about this film is that it also humanizes Ethan a bit through the action, like he, he's. Playing it a bit older and a bit hurt. Like, there's a mm. time. Like, I think he gets like throat punched in that. And the and after Henry Cavill gets taken down, he- Ethan's like on all fours and the other guys like ready to fight again. And he just looks up and he's like, "Fuck! You know, like I'm not ready for this. Yeah, I'm still hurting." That's right. Yeah, that
0: was a great and one. And like, like, doesn't he like he puts his hand up or something like? Oh yeah, like, he's like whoa, 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 Yeah, yeah. Give me a second. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, exactly. I love that kind of stuff. That is very kind of Indiana Jones-esque.
1: Yes. And I feel like that happens throughout. Like when he's running, like he's sort of, I think it's actually the moment where he broke his leg in real life. But like he, Mm. when he gets up, he sort of like stumbles into a run and then picks up pace to get full pelt. Like he's, you can just see he's a little bit Mm. worn now. And I don't know. I really like that. added texture to it more so than him just being a superhuman spy machine.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's such a good way to do it, and I, I hope they lean into that more if they if they make more. Um, I'm sure they will. Um, to to have a little to to not hide the fact that he is getting older. I mean, he's still amazing. His like physicality and stuff for, for his age, and then, you know, I'm not saying he should be in a wheelchair in the next film or anything, but um, I think <laughs> it feels more honest. <laughs> it feels more. Uh, Honest. I guess, you know, as you said, in this fantastical world where where everyone's, you know, can do amazing things, um, it, it almost raises the stakes because you can you see that that sort of political side to him.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. Um and it's just speaking of that, like the fight scene, that whole nightclub sequence, I really like that nightclub sequence. But in particular they have that um like the entryway, or whatever it is, that's got all these mirrored uh like angular Mm. i don't know walls it just looks really stunning and they use it a couple of times It's just Mm. an example of how this beautiful this film can be and how well shot it is i Mm. think
0: Mm. yeah very true yeah uh just thinking about the the bathroom sequence and uh that's our introduction to uh the rebecca ferguson character again Mm -hmm. in in this film um and I think she's great in this movie again, and her storyline gets a nice sort of um, few extra chapters added to it. But I, I was disappointed that she wasn't in it more. I thought um, she sort of stays on the sidelines in this film and just weaves in and out um, and never really uh, was there as much as um, I was hoping because her character is so interesting. Um, so, I mean, they, they. it seems to be they're very slowly setting up that she will kind of join the team mm. maybe one day in, in a future film or that, you know, there's some sort of um, chemistry between her and Ethan as well. Um, but, uh, yeah, she's so good that I, I just wish there was uh, more of her in this. I would
1: agree with that. I feel like it's another example of, like, what I said earlier about this film being greater than the sum of its parts. Like... In terms of mm. her character, definitely, like um, Rogue Nation is better. You know, she she gets more to mm. do. She's a bit more of a badass. Um, I guess it's also like the novelty of being introduced to her because she's just so great to watch on screen. Whereas this film, she doesn't get as much screen time, like you said. I though also mm. just behind the scenes wise, I'm not sure how much this impacted it, but she was heavily pregnant um, through a lot of it. So apparently, oh, okay. um, there's a, there was a few examples where she had to use stunt doubles and stuff cuz she was very pregnant so i don't know whether that influenced okay. the, her the re- like maybe that's a reason why she wasn't given as much screen time i'm not 100% sure i'm sort of guessing there yeah um,
0: but yeah perhaps that makes sense
1: i do really i mean as much as this is the first mission impossible film to continue the storyline from a previous mm. film i think this is also a great example john of what we often harp on about or uh, we have, when we've spoken about like the Star Wars films or at least the, the spin-offs, in that a film should stand on its own two feet. Like, I think yeah. you could watch this film and not have seen the previous film and it would still make complete sense. I think a good mm. example of that is the opening, how it, o- it cold opens with that weird dream sequence of him getting married on the beach, mm. um, which I think is... Well, one, it's... Uh, Quite a departure from Mission Impossible. They haven't really done that sort of stuff yeah. before. But it's also yeah. like a good um, visual way to recap the previous events of the films without recapping the previous events and making it about the characters. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like mm. it, it's like a reminder mm. for people who have seen the previous films that he's married and has a wife and it, it went badly and he's got that hanging over him. But for everyone else, it's just like a a character beat, so we understand what mm. Ethan's motivations are. Um, similarly, actually, uh, and this goes back to the f- what, how I liked that it took things from the first Mission Impossible film. We'd get something that we haven't since the first film, which is Ethan, like a flash forward where Ethan imagines what mm. would happen if he pulls off the heist and it, and sort of has to kill that cop yes. and it's a really like dark moment and again like it's all very character based and it's like sort of drilling into him which is good I like all that um, but it's mm. also it, it reminded me of what happens in the first film when he's talking on the phone and you, you are seeing something visually that actually isn't matching up with the dialogue like using flash forwards and flashbacks in a novel way Um Hmm. which, yeah, like I said, hasn't happened in any of the previous films apart from the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really liked that. I think it thought it was like a nice callback and a nice consistency at this, as well as being quite yeah. unique.
0: Mm. Yeah, Yep. Yeah, that's a great point. And um, I must say too, in, in the sequence, uh, in Fallout, where you see the the heist, how, how, you know, the, the worst possible way it could go, yeah. which is them just shooting all the cops and stuff. For most of that sequence, I thought that was yeah, really happening. Yeah, totally same. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this this is like dark, very quickly, <laughs> yeah. and like, would would he really do this? Um, and so, I mean, that that just speaks again to like the sort of uh, quality of the of the filmmaking that I didn't immediately go, well, this is a yeah. you know a fantasy or something like
1: that. Um, speaking of that little heist moment, how cool is the mm. shot of Solomon Lane in the? Um, truck when it falls Mm. into the water and the camera's kind of locked off and the water like comes up from the wrong way into it like it's It's such a cool shot yeah
0: yeah yeah Yeah. it looks so cool anytime like a film has that sort of uh you know like a 2001 or interstellar or something like that where you've got this like locked off sort of gravity defying you know <laughs> yeah. because you're, you're you're staying one way while the world tips the other way i love that kind of stuff so. and, uh, and with a body of water it just looks so um unnatural you know and and surreal almost so i thought that was that was um yeah really well done and it's interesting you know you brought up earlier that it feels this movie feels a bit nolan-esque and that that whole sequence uh uh, clearly is, is sort of, um, I don't want to say inspired, but very similar uh, tonally to the, the uh, Joker heists sort yep. of sequence in um, yep. Dark Knight. Uh, and I think the, the, the other reason it feels Nolan-ish is the, uh, the score in this, I noticed, with very kind of Hans Zimmer, like pounding drum, sort yep. of oppressive um, uh, instruments and stuff, and per- oppressive pe- percussion, uh, particularly. Uh, we, we we do get lots of sort of heroic moments with the um, the main theme, but not as much as there has been in uh, other films. At least it felt like that to me. It felt a little little darker.
1: I totally agree. I've got notes here as well about the score and how um, I think that also helps with the the feeling of propulsion. And it like that that mm. heavy drums and like it has that pushing the film forward. It really um, adds yeah. to that. I think. Yes.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's almost at times, uh, like, it really immediately came to mind, The Dark Knight, when I was watching it. And I think it almost goes a little too close at times to, to, to that score. Yep. Um, but, I mean, you know, it, that, that's almost a, a technique mm. that was developed on The Dark Knight, which is this propulsive, like, score that's not really melodic at all. It's just yep. kind of sound that's pounding you. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And some, something that, that Christopher Nolan has taken since, I think, in various ways, which is like, you know, especially with like percussion or like the ticking of clocks. and yeah. You know, it's, it's this weird mixture between music and sound design almost. And not, not, not that Mission Impossible goes that quite that far, but, um, you know, there's elements of that in there.
1: Totally. Definitely. Um, how did you feel about the final helicopter action scene stuff because mm. at the time I almost didn't like that third. it feels like it's almost wrapping up and then it's got another whole act set in Kashmir mm. with so I wasn't even really expecting another I thought the London chase was going to be like the final um, you know yeah. scene it feels like that
0: yeah it feels like that and he, even the um, the setting of um, you know he finally catches Henry Cavill and they're, they're like going up the elevator and stuff and that that is like a classic action movie finale setting, like this caged yeah. elevator, you know, where <laughs> totally. they're, they're like they're going up and they're trying not to fall and all that
1: sort of thing. Um, but yeah, you're right. There's a whole whole other sequence after that. Um, yeah. So did, how did you feel that stacked up? Did you like the helicopter stuff?
0: Um, yeah, I thought it was great. I think that that was the the moment um, where I was uh, like actually laughing out loud with with joy when i was in the cinema um when he you know gets in the helicopter and and that moment where he he realizes he's carrying the payload thing i mean hold on before that he has to climb up and those shots (laughs) oh my god
1: so cool (laughs) that's the best and so real definitely Um,
0: Yeah, yeah, like, that. that's the the uh, plane moment, you know, totally. of, of Rogue Nation, you know, kind of reformatted here. Like, yeah. it's so cool. And, like, he he, uh, he he's trying to, like, hook his legs up oh. when he finally gets to it, and he can't do it and goes back down. Man, even
1: just when he slips, and like you said, you know he's, like, roped off or whatever, and it's safe, but your stomach mm. just turns, yeah. like...
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it, it's so impressive. And, like, from that moment forward, that whole sequence is... So well edited, oh, so good, yeah. Um, that the, the tension the first time I was watching it, like, of course, I know they're gonna save the day, but the tension, like, I was on the edge of my seat, and then you got the other guys like trying to defuse the bomb, and the, but then, um, Solomon <laughs> that's the bad guy's name, right? Solomon, like, yeah, he, he's yeah. there, and he's like really like like
1: choking um, Benji painfully,
0: yeah. like, yeah, ha- hanging uh, yeah, Simon Pegg, and like. Um, it's it just all these different threads at once that are like, you know, and then of course it comes down to that, like the last second and um, it's just that, that whole sequence I, I absolutely loved. Totally um, agree. Oh look, there's more moments I, I'm thinking of right now but but let's, we, we, we'll go into those I'll give you a chance. No, 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 no to I, d- I totally
1: about. agree. I just, I, <laughs> it was a nice surprise that there was still this big action set piece that it turned out to be the yeah. best of the film you know and, and having mm. said that all the stuff before it was great as well and it, it ends on a really mm. good crescendo this film unlike Ghost Protocol Absolutely. or something that has the best thing in the middle of it um, mm. but yeah and that's another good example of him his character being a little bit like like Indiana Jones or something a bit of, out of his depth like you said when he realises mm. he has the payload and he comes up with a plan and it just mm. doesn't work like I love that it just yeah that was really and, surprising yeah yeah because I, you, I felt like you could, I could see that coming a mile away. Like as soon as he got on, I'm like, okay, mm. he's going to drop the, like that's a good weapon to have, whether he like swings it into them or something. And the fact that that's just yeah. nullified, and then he has to come up yeah. with another like solution yeah. on the fly, um, mm. all the while Henry Cavill's like so cool. hanging out of the plane with the machine gun a massive machine gun I love it yeah. and he has that moment where he's like they they, they finally Henry Cavill sees him or whatever and then Tom Cruise is like oh, a yeah. prick or something like that and then Henry Cavill just brings yeah. the gun out and you just like the look on Tom Cruise's face where he shits himself and like tries to like duck the helicopter down <laughs> yeah. with the bullets right like it's yeah. such a great moment <laughs> isn't
0: that? There, there's also a moment somewhere in there I, 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 I can't remember what he says but it, it it's either there or somewhere in the film where Henry Cavill says something like, why won't this guy die? Or, or, like, yeah, know, yeah, or yeah, like, yeah, something like that. Or how, yeah. how, how is he still alive? Or so. And you can just imagine, like, it's so true because, you know, Ethan Hunt is just like, like magical guy that, you know, you think you've gotten rid of him. And then 10 minutes later, he's like fucking <laughs> ra- running after you. And you're like, Jesus Christ, go away.
1: <laughs> totally. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that maybe it is in that scene, but that is a good example of that because his character would have assumed that, you know, Tom Cruise, like, what the chance he's going to be there and in a helicopter, like, right behind. Like, he thought his plan was good. Exactly, You know, he yeah. thought it was all done.
0: Yeah, like, it's quite <laughs> funny. Um, yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I, that, but that sequence, you know, it keeps escalating. They, they, I love the um, the... Uh, they, it crashes and uh then they're wh- wh- what is the order again there like they crash they both tumble out and then they're both on the top of the
1: yeah so cliff, right? they, he they he gets these helicopters shot up and stuff and then he like they go into the cloud yeah. bank and all that stuff and then he crashes into them and they both have that crash which is yes. actually really another example of it being really... It had, like, the locked-off camera when it's... I mean, obviously, again, the outside CGI, but it's, like, it's really brutal, Mm. like, the way it flips around, and Mm. he's, like, smashing around Mm -hmm. inside the cab. Yeah, And then he's in it, and then the other one rolls down and knocks them into the wedge.
0: That's what I was thinking, yeah. And then
1: they come... Yeah, the wedge thing. Yeah, but then they come out of the wedge, and then they're on the the Mm. flat bit of rock where they, like, fist fight. That's right. um, And the helicopter's, like... Or maybe they climb up. I can't remember, but because there's a helicopter hanging off at that point, um, yes, and by you've the got hook,
0: the, the hook, yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Oh, it's just like that. That whole section like keeps upping the ante, and it's like an amusement park ride. That that wedge moment was <laughs> totally. like, I was like, what? What the hell's gonna happen next? <laughs> yeah, 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 me?
1: I mean, it really is. It's like it really skirts the edge of being ridiculous. Like that is almost so that, over the yeah. top that it's yeah. laughable but mm. I maybe it's because it's so late in the film or it's just handled so well and most of mm. it is pra- obviously mm-hmm. it's a lot of cgi but most of it feels very practical that like i was at least willing to go with it and just have a great time
0: yeah i th- yeah I, yeah totally agree i think i i do think at that point like it's pretty cartoony but they've earned it you know it's yeah. like it's like the dessert of the movie. It, totally, it's like here, yeah, like have the sugar now. Like it's, it's just so fun. Or just like I, I loved how. Uh, f- firstly, I loved that um, Henry Cavill's face gets all like burnt off yeah. and stuff. I mean, it, if, if we're going to talk about the Dark Knight, again, it's <laughs> yeah, kind that's of, yeah, very important. Yeah, um, but just just to to have him like physic, almost physically, be this kind of like hulking monster at the end. It's just. Just pissed off at Ethan Hunt, because he's just you know really ruined his plans. <laughs> yeah. um, and then and you know so they they have their fight and the, the tensions ratcheting up and everything and you've got the shots of the. Um, well, I guess they 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 flip over then like and they're on the side of the cliff because yes. they're they're trying to yeah. climb back up, but the the rope keeps slipping, um, the hook keeps yeah. slip, um, coming off and stuff, um, and then you get like the, this you know. Really brutal, but extremely satisfying death for Henry Cavill. They hook, hook in the head, down, yeah. <laughs> smashes his face in. Um, but you don't, you don't really see it. It's very yeah. quick, but but you fee- kind of feel the impact of it, and um, very violent. For um, I mean, not that these movies aren't violent, but they sort of skirt yeah. the line between what you actually see, and um, yeah, I thought that was just really, really well done. Yeah,
1: definitely. I completely agree. It's just like th- th- as cartoony as the helicopter stuff gets and a little bit um, CGI-y, that fist fight on that, like, flat rock face is, like, so clearly Mm. done for real and the the, the wide, like, helicopter shots of them just, like, fighting right near the edge of that cliff is, again, Mm. like, turns my stomach a little bit when I watch it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm. Mm. It's just, oh, yeah. I yep. mean, other than no- outside of Nolan, like no other filmmaker is, or big budget filmmaker seems to want to do mm-hmm. practical stuff like Macquarie's doing with these films. Like, it's just it makes such a difference. Yep. I wish more filmmakers would do yeah. it. Yeah,
0: totally. It it pays off so much, and I th- and I think like it pays off in how well these movies do. Like, they they get good word. I mean, there's so many so many aspects that go into them, obviously, but part of the the positive response to them. And why, you know, you tell your friends to go and see it is because you get that adrenaline rush because you, your, you're like, you know, sapient brain can see another human that is clearly in an actually yeah. dangerous environment. And that that does something to you that even the best CGI ever can never
1: replicate. Yeah, totally agree. Well, um, before we wrap up, I feel like we've been gushing a little bit. Was there anything you'd like to mm. add to sort of temper the mood so I don't get carried away with my love fest. (laughs)
0: Well, I guess, um, uh, look overall, I, you know, obviously really, really enjoyed this movie. Uh, as I said at the start, I think, um, uh, some of the cheese, there's only a couple of moments I can think of now, but the, the, the it almost does push things too far sometimes into cartoon territory. And I did leave thinking um, if they do another one, and, and I've said like five times during this review, I hope they do, I wonder will it perhaps
1: be too cartoony the next do time or too... you mean in terms of the action? Like there was cartoony action moments or was it dialogue? Uh, yeah, but,
0: but action and dialogue okay. stuff. So the, the two moments that come to mind in terms of sort of drama or character is um the the opening uh dream sequence and then ethan waking up in a cold sweat i feel like you know that that's like a silly cliche at this point for for action movies um to have and and particularly to open that way um felt felt a bit too much to me um and the other example was um Oh, yeah, so the, the other example was when he uh, he's chasing Henry Cavill across London, finally reaches him, they're on the elevator, and, and <laughs> Henry Cavill just happens to have, like, a photo um,
1: of, <laughs> of yeah. his wife.
0: Yeah, like, was he just carrying that around just <laughs> for that so. moment? Yeah. Did he ever had to show it to him? Um, it, that was just like, why how, Why is he carrying that? That's that's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, And then, as we touched on before, like, I loved the helicopter stuff, but if it went just, like, 1% more, uh, you know, over the top, it would have been too much. Um, And so, uh, I mean, these are... They're they're not really harsh criticisms, but they're they're moments where I I thought, hmm... Uh, you know, I think that might be pushing it just a little little too
1: far. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, um, yeah. I think the dream stuff I, I understand what you're saying about the dream stuff but it worked for me, like I said, as a visual way of recapping certain things that you couldn't I mean you could have done with an exposition dump but I would prefer that they did it this that way. Um, totally, yeah. But I can see how that can come off as a bit cheesy and over the top. There was the one moment for me actually that didn't Work very well was the moment when it, there is an exposition dump when Ving rhymes kind of explains, um, Ethan's relationship with Michelle Monaghan to uh, Rebecca yes. Ferguson, yep. And it's meant to be a, mm. like a, a, a meaningful, like heartfelt moment. And it just felt a little clunky. I thought, um, mm. he was just literally mm-hmm. explaining what Ethan's past was, which again, mm. I don't know, I guess it's maybe, um needed but like i was trying to like i was saying i think the dreams were trying to do that in a much more eloquent or you know uh, concise yeah, way yeah. even if it Good perhaps point. wasn't mm. as you know original or um something yeah as it and be.
0: it's more interesting like even if they're using that sort of cliche idea of like a dream and then like waking up in a cold
1: sweat at least it's Visual storytelling, exactly, yeah. not just someone And character-based there. stuff, um, too. You know, it's not just, like, yeah. needed needless plot details. It's, at least it's enhancing mm. it in some way, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, you have reminded me of another moment I thought didn't work. Uh, like, it wasn't terrible, but um, um, there's a moment where Ethan meets uh, or is having a discussion with um, the White Widow character, and, you know, she's kind of, you know, a bit mysterious and elusive and all this sort of thing, and she um, kisses him. Yeah,
1: on the river. On the and
0: it's, me- it's meant to be a bit perplexing. He, he It's not like he's into it or yeah. anything. He's kind of puzzled. But it, it still felt a little like, well, we've got to get, let the man have a, be kissed by, you know, mm. a, um, a beautiful woman. And something I really liked about Rogue Nation was although there's chemistry between him and the rebecca ferguson character they never there's never a moment yeah. like that where they're you know making out by the sunset or something like that and so i was i, I know it's a character touch in this but I, I i still felt a bit like it didn't work
1: yeah no it's fair enough i had a similar thought the first time i watched it as well Played again played better the second time and i mm. so if you lean into the fact that she's just meant to be a bit of a weirdo like a bit and it's meant to be a bit creepy, like, the way he doesn't re- reciprocate, yeah. like, I think it works, mm. but I, I agree, I had a similar reaction. And I mean, it, like you said, the Rebecca Ferguson relationship is so much better, and again, it, it's the same thing in this film, it never falls into that trap at all, like, it doesn't, mm. you know, their their relationship is so mutually respectful, you know, and the, the yeah, the, the sort of fine line it walks between them the chemistry between them and the antagonism, like the, it's really well handled. Yes, I think, exactly. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. And I mean, we're, we're sort of wrapping up, but that but that is handled really well. And I love that, you know, they they can work together and clearly really care about each other and probably want to kiss each other, but they never get a chance to, you know, and then suddenly she, they're kind of on separate missions, um, you know, physically putting each other in danger yeah like it, it, there was that there's a, there's a whole car chase sequence in this movie where she's trying to kill solomon yeah. but ethan's like collateral damage yeah. almost in that yeah. yeah
1: and that's um that's really interesting um speaking of the car chase that is the only other example where i think the cgi is it takes a little away from what is otherwise an incredible action scene? Like I, I can tell a lot of the traffic and the cars in that the motorbike cars, s- scene yeah. are CGI, um, mm. which is a little bit of a shame. I mean, I think. Mm-hmm. It's similar to the London scene, I uh, swoon a little bit for both of those moments. London one in particular because I'm living here now and I know everywhere. And that's like an yeah. accurate way to run to the Tate where he ends up on like, I just know all that. It's really cool <laughs> seeing cool. it all on screen. Great. Yeah. Um, but also like we've been to France, John. Like we've been to like similar mm. places like that. And you know what those little cobblestone streets are like and how fucking crazy it yeah. would be to ride a motorbike around there at full speed. Totally. So I think it's enhanced and made more thrilling Having been to those places, but uh, it, the CGI of the cars does take a little bit away. I almost wish they'd had less traffic or something, or, you know, and just done it for yeah, real. Yeah, exactly. Um, mm. I don't know, but I mean, it's still a good yeah. action set piece, I think. I think it, it still mm. works, but yeah, yeah. Yeah, and there's some great, like, car maneuvering
0: stuff in there, like, uh, you know, reversing and kind of spinning. There's one, like, where he. He's, there's like a small flight of stairs yeah. and it kind of reverses and turns at the same time or something and that was that was incredible. or
1: even when there's a little moment where she's on the bike and he's in the car and she's trying to catch up and she like goes past where he turned and down through like a series like it's almost like corridor of pillars and yes. the way it's shot yes. from the side and the sounds of the pillars whipping past it's like the sense of mm, speed yeah I that too is like mm. mind blowing it's really impressive
0: yes yeah. mm. really smart sound design there because it's like yeah, you hear each sort of individual one, like this burst of wind or-
1: Yeah, a and car. the way it changes yeah, really the cool. sound of like the engine or like whatever, I don't know, it just it's like really, mm. really, really effective whatever mm. they've done there to yeah. give it a sense of speed. Yeah. Mm. Um, cool. Was there anything, any other uh, downsides or anything else you wish um, they'd improved?
0: No, I think those are the, the, the main gripes I have. Certainly I haven't written anything else down.
1: Yeah. Um. No, I mean, did you have any other negatives? No, I bought? mean, I think, yeah, the two things that I brought up, and I can see where you're coming from a lot of things, but I just, I just had such a good time, and like, I mean, I'm also maybe a little bit biased in terms of the the craft of it, like the practicalness of it. Like I said, other than Nolan, I can't yeah. think of any other filmmaker doing this, and plus, the, like mm-hmm. the look of it, shot on film, I love. That's just like put that into my veins you know that's exactly the kind of stuff that I love and then when you layer on top of that like incredible action a fun insane plot like Mm. that moment when the um, when they think they've had uh, when they catch Lane, and then it, Henry Cavill's officially revealed to be the bad guy, even though we as an audience know earlier than that. Like, that is, like, literally, like, an eight-time double cross or something. Like, it, it's yeah, not. Like, I love... I, I was like, yeah, it. totally. I was, like, sitting there, like, <laughs> grinning in my seat. Like, I love that kind of shit. Like, if you're going to do a spy film, like, do that. Like, I, oh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's so totally. great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Even just that moment where he's, like he's got Solomon Lane in the chair and he thinks it's him and then he parrots that line that Angela Bassett has said about like, oh, the IMF's just like men in Halloween m- mm. and he stops like halfway through and and then reaches down. <laughs> yeah. and it's such a great, like <laughs> when the penny drops. I love that. It's so good.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. And I think, you know, the, the, this film is, or uh, well, this series is kind of I was thinking when I came out, sort of old school in a way. I mean, you know, you've brought up being practical uh, in terms of the stunts and effects and shot on film, but also like this kind of globe-trotting, mm. um, you know, handsome leading man sort of, you know, uh, movie star that, that is just like a, you know, superhuman um it, we don't see a lot of these sort of action films anymore yeah and I, I really like that and appreciate it I think it, it's it's not the, these films aren't cynical and they, they have you know adult ideas in them and um, dark themes but they're they're very earnest in in the sense that they're just action movies and there's character stuff in there and and you know certain interesting ideas but really they're they're not trying to to be more than what they are, yep. I think. and uh, they're not cash grabs either. I think there's a lot of passion and, and talent that goes into them and the, we have this many now because aside from you know perhaps the second one, because they're good and the people involved really care about them. and um, that's just good. It's just the it's the, they're fun to watch. they're kind of a joyful movie experience and I think, we don't get that a lot in action filmmaking these days and and a lot of action filmmaking now is rolled into uh like a superhero thing or you know or um even star wars or something like that with these these really big like worldwide kind of billion dollar franchises Uh, and and, i you know it's ridiculous to compare mission impossible and say that feels small (laughs) and like You know, uh, honest, but um, it does. And, um, you know, I think, uh, I really hope they, um, yeah, continue to make them.
1: Completely agree. I mean, I I feel like um, there has to be another, I feel like Christopher McQuarrie has to come back and do, even though he said he doesn't want to, he has to come back and do another one with... Solomon Lane again and it'll be like a a little mini trilogy within the Mission Impossible franchise, like it'd be nuts because they Mm -hmm. leave him alive again at the end of this like, I feel like there has to be an end to that little relationship that they've built Um, and Mm -hmm. man I cannot wait to see that if that is indeed what happens Thanks for listening to the pre-post film review. Uh, we'd love to hear what you guys thought of Mission Impossible Fallout. Um, did you love it as much as I did or, and John? Or did you think it was a weaker um, entry into the franchise? Um, we'd love to hear. You can email us at pre review at gmail.com um, and we try to reply to all the emails that we get. So uh, shoot us one over. We'd love to hear from you.
0: Absolutely. You can also uh, give us a like over on uh, Facebook and um, follow us on Twitter at prepostfr. Um, but most importantly, almost forgot, uh, if you guys could uh, subscribe to us on whatever uh, podcasting software you're using to uh, to listen here, whether it's iTunes or Stitcher or whatever you use. Uh, particularly iTunes would be great if you could subscribe there and uh, leave us a little review give us a little
1: give us a little five stars that would just be beautiful we'd really appreciate that that would be amazing Um, we're also on Letterboxd if you have a Letterboxd account you can find John and myself on there Um, you can see what we've been watching outside of the pod there are links to both of our profiles in the show notes Um, and you can join us next episode when we're gonna be chatting about the new Damien Chazelle film, his follow-up to La La Land, John, which is my favorite film of that year. Oh, uh, I'm so excited. First for man, expectations are very high. This is gonna be a good one. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, such a good film, man it's been so long that I've been mm. so like amped by a just like a fun good film do you know what I mean like not a highbrow yeah. intellectual film or just like a exactly a really fucking well made oh shit let me off my chair
0: mhm